Hi everybody and uh, welcome back to our regular Thursday evening get together get together uh, so a warm welcome to you all joining I see you there Gigi Law Republican rocker Leslie Chris Davies um, and Northern Monkey I see you there yes as you guys Gar Ram of course very quick off the mark so thank you all very much for being with us this evening um, and uh, we have got tremendous amount of stuff to get through as is always the case but I'll just give it a minute or two for you to all get yourselves uh, settled down maybe have a nice cup of tea or whatever a cup uh, of tea uh, a spot of tea are we gonna have and blind hang on. how about hang a little bit of moon how about a little bit of moonshine instead hang on we, we seem to have got a troll on the uh, on the podcast hey buddy good to hear what's from happening you, everybody good Good to have you. We're, well, Patty, there's so much we're going to talk about. And Jed, welcome as well in the studio. Um, I'm not sure if um, our good friend Adrian is here. I think I saw him maybe. So, um, uh, hi, David Clements. Good to see you as well. Leslie suggesting wine. I have to tell you, I'm actually sitting with a, 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 a coffee in front of me. So that's to get me through the next time ahead. Got a nice um, bottle. No, got a uh, nice bottle of Old Smoky Tennessee Apple Pie Moonshine. Perfect little sip and drink. That ad was brought to you by City Troll. <laughs> so, hey, listen, thanks, Chris, for the good comment. Right, I want to start off at the top of this one here to say, um, just want to share a little bit with you um you know the way we talk about here about you know the pod the the pod beans and then the, the golden beans and the stuff that's sent over here um to be honest with you i'm not sure it's really that worthwhile and uh what i've done in the past week is i've set up my own substack which uh, i'm sure that there's a link below it on every podcast that i put out and uh, it's it's a much better model for me. So what I would prefer is if you want to support me, all, uh, forget about sending stuff here if you don't want to. I don't care. It's okay. What I would like you to do is sign up to the um, uh, to the uh, um, um, Substack. Substack. And uh, sorry, I've just had an incoming call, Patty, which uh, slightly distracted me on my watch. So there you go. Uh, <coughs> one of my media people contacting me so if you can go over and become a paid member of the podcast right it's a fiver a month that's what it costs um and uh, i'm really pleased about the uh, <laughs> northern monkey says is it julia no it's not julia it's although actually yeah i've got a bit of news for you uh, i'm actually going to be on northern monkey you brought it up i'm going to be on talk tv on saturday afternoon 3 p.m and I'm going to be discussing the uh, Chancellor's decisions regarding uh, does he cut taxes, uh, how does he fund public services, all of that kind of stuff, just for lols. Leslie, I can confess it is just, it is Julia. I mean, now that I'm going on talk TV, I mean, me and her, we're going to be such besties. It's funny, actually, because uh, I suspect I'll be banned before it happens. So I'm just telling you, they've contacted me and said, will you come on on Saturday afternoon? I've said, yeah, okay, no problem. I'll do that. And uh, we'll see what happens. I will keep you briefed on it. But anyway, uh, that's uh, just an FYI. Um, so uh, 
Uh, Chris, I'm happy to do whatever you want, but I'm just saying I'm enjoying Substack. I'm sure you guys are seeing there's new stuff going out there that, that doesn't appear elsewhere. Uh, there's, in fact, new podcasts there. There's new videos there. There's new articles there on all kinds of stuff. I've been talking about the origins of uh, St. Valentine. I've been talking about uh, my good, uh, my first rabbit hole ever went down, the Shakespearean authorship. So much stuff, uh, and it works really well for me. So uh, if you can support me on Substack, it, it mean, it's, it's better than supporting me on, on, on this particular platform. In the month of January, I got the grand scheme of 25 quid in the month which doesn't cover things, I'm afraid. So uh, Substack is much better, Patty, yeah. So uh, anyway, that's where you're going to find a lot of stuff from me. You're going to find exclusive stuff going coming out from me over there, exclusive premier stuff over there as well. It can work nicely in that environment. So just to let you know anyway. So hang on, David, hang on, hang on. Does that mean I've got another job or you can do this one by yourself? <laughs> I've been doing it by myself, Jets. I know you have, buddy. I'm joking with you. Everybody yeah. get over, get to the Substack, but you forgot to mention Look, one thing, David. Three days to get the script to work right, man. And you're, you're complaining. Oh, the script oh, is working, oh, oh. right? <laughs> internal stuff. This is internal stuff, not for general. Uh, anyway, you still forgot something, though, David. It's on the screen for those watching on video. 1st of March, we've got a wonderful live event for you all. Well, don't forget that. Yeah. Hi, Farmer D, by the way. Good to see you, JVM, in the studio. Joel, good to see you in the studio as well. Yeah, 1st of March, we're going to be live in London town. Uh, we're going to be, just take the, uh, Jed, what is it, the new lines that they've brought in? The, um, oh, I'm, I had a great laugh at it today. What? Sadiq Khan is renamed. Oh, yeah. The overground yeah. names. And there's a HIV well, yeah, the, line or something. Uh, the what, HIV it, line. Yeah. yeah. The wind line. line. Yeah, yeah. That's right. For, yeah. Um, yeah. What a laugh that is. Eh? Someone said, what? someone should say, yeah, the Stabathon line. I favoured, for those of a certain age, the Oneidon line. But regardless Ooh, of which... Oh, that's old. Yeah, but but not, so, sadly, so am I. Yes, Because me and, me and Leslie yeah. are planning to jump on the Hammersmith and City line from Houston to a certain location. I won't say yet, of course, because it will <laughs> give an indicator. Um, is it still the Hammersmith and City line? I don't know. It's going is, to it be going to be, yeah. is it going yeah, to be the red boy line or or, or, or the gay, gay trans trans transpenine or whatever? I don't know, David. John John Saunderson says, did you hear there's a train strike on 1st of March? No, I didn't hear that, John Saunderson, and I prefer not to know that. Garram says, maybe they should call it the Gaza line. Oh, yes, that's a good idea, Garram. Excellent idea. So, uh, yeah, so don't forget, a couple of weeks, uh, hopefully we'll all be getting together. Some of you on this stream, uh, Jed and I will get to meet you in just over two weeks' time. And uh, uh, really looking forward to that. And obviously having a great night with uh, Lawrence Fox, Calvin Robinson, uh, and uh, a great audience. And, uh, yeah, good night. Good night's fun in, in, in London town. So there you go, folks. Uh, here's the things I want to chat about tonight. These are just some of the things. We're going to talk about... 12-hour uh, waits in accident emergency, which apparently is the new standard. That sounds great. We're going to talk about Labour's anti-Semitism problem, or is it? Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, Paddy, the Super Bowl. Was it a satanic ritual? I know you'd love that one. We, we're going to talk about, also, Paddy, your side of the, um, the water, uh, more aid for Zelensky from the corrupt U.S. Senate. We're going to talk about that. 
We're going to talk about abortion until point of birth, care of the, well, as suggested by the moderate alliance party here in Northern Ireland. Yeah, they want to kill the babies right up until the point of death, but that's okay because that's a moderate party. Um, so those are just some of the things that uh, we're going to get through, hopefully in the next hour, hour and a half. So anyway, yeah, uh, and of course, none of this is possible if, unless you guys join in. So uh, uh, if you want to do that. Now, actually, Farmer D, I said last week, and I do remember these things, Jed, that if Farmer D wanted to tackle the topic of um, the, the kind of the, the farmer sort of revolutions that are going on across the whole of Europe, actually, he'd be very welcome to come in. So if you want to do that, Farmer D, just drop a comment and let me know and we can divert into that because we divert into all kinds of stuff and we don't do it in order as well because I just do it to basically uh, to, to, to suit me. So I'm going to start off with Labour, actually. Uh, Labour's anti-Semitism problem. And I'm sure you guys saw, saw the story the other day. Um, <laughs> Chris Davies, I see your comment, Chris, um, about the Labour parliamentary candidate in Rochdale who turned out to be very critical of Labour and he was initially still forgiven and everything was going to be fine and then they found out he'd said a whole pile of more thing, other things which is uh, um, which was also anti-Israeli and so they had to basically uh, decommission him. Which means, ironically, that George Galloway, my old pal, might end up winning the Rochdale seat. And then we've got another, and I think this is who, uh, uh, Chris Davies, Graham Jones, was he the other one who, who, who said um, anti-Israeli things? So anyway, but Labour seemed to have a lot of people who don't like Israel. Now, is anyone surprised at that? I mean, I thought that was almost mandatory to be part of the Labour Party. you got to basically hate Israel and uh, a, a bit of uh, anti-Semitism as well thrown in uh, provides the perfect Labour parliamentary candidate. So that's what I think. Now, I'll just say I'm going to open this up in a second to you guys and you can have your say. But but I don't think this is a problem for Labour. Uh, and I know they have slid in the polls. I get that. But it, ultimately, that'll change. Because you see, the Labour, a big chunk of the Labour core vote is Muslims and Muslims um, pretty anti-Semitic has to be said. Leslie say, says, do we not send golden beans? No, I wouldn't bother, Leslie. Just go over to Substack and sign up to the Fiverr a month and to hell with uh, Podbean. I feel I'm being ripped off by Podbean, so I'm not inclined to support Podbean beyond doing this and putting out the, the audio things. Um, so, um, yeah, so so there we go with Labour. So the, uh, Sir Keir Starmer's act, never so butch and so, con so in control. He's going to he's going to apparently, uh, you know, crush anyone who's anti-Semitic. Here's another and here's my final point, And then you guys have your say. What's wrong with being anti-Israel? What's wrong with being anti-Semitic? I don't think it's admirable. I don't approve of it. But people, I think, should have that right. If, if, if Labour want to have anti-Israeli, anti-Semitic candidates, good. We can then see them for what they are and we can vote accordingly. That's what I think. So, you know, uh, I don't, because you see, if you say, no, 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 we have to wipe out anti-Semitism. Okay, so then we have to wipe out uh, Islamophobia. Right, okay. And then all of a sudden, before you know where we are, we're going to be wiping out everything. No, um, you know, um, let them be seen in their true colours, all of them. 
I think. And so I don't think this is going to affect Labour that much. Could be wrong. Uh, and it'll be fascinating to see what happens in Rochdale. So we'll go around the room in this one. Uh, Adrian, I'll come to you first. So, you know, uh, it's, it's made a lot of headlines. And um, clearly there is a problem within Labour and anti-Semitism. But do you think it's going to really impact them in the polls? Adrian. Good evening, everyone. No, I don't, because there's millions of them have come in. As you pointed out, the majority of their base now would be from a certain faith. And a lot of our new um, visitors to this, this country would now be off that same faith. So their numbers are going to swell and they'll be given rights to vote and do all that. So I don't think Labour are going to struggle too much, to be pretty honest. But as for the anti-Semitism thing, this all goes back from the Holocaust that anybody that speaks out about the Jews, oh, it's persecution, look what happened, you know, back in, mm. back during the war. So, and plus the Israeli government are that powerful, they have their fingers in that many pies. You know, mm. make, it look, make it look like we're being persecuted when we're the ones that are putting the strings all over the world. The old yeah. sleight of hand by a magician. Yeah. Which is actually, Adrian, I listened to a podcast with the cartoonist Bob Moran, who drew a pretty controversial cartoon there a week or so ago, showing uh, Netanyahu uh, dining and attended to by Joe Biden as a butler and Rishi Sunak as an even smaller butler. Uh, it's a pretty gruesome cartoon, but I listened to what Bob was saying and, and I found very little that I didn't agree with. Yeah, Bob Moran was on with James Dallingpole. It was a good chat. And, and I have to say, I kind of took the line that Bob Moran took. A cartoonist, especially a political cartoonist, you know, Adrian, their job is to, is to provoke and to create discussion. And I think Bob's done that. I know he's been described as an anti-Semite and all that. But again, I, I just feel that let people say what they want and let's not close down free speech. And certainly, yes, I, I think it's reasonable if you want to criticise Israel. Doesn't mean everyone has to agree, Adrian. But you know, why can't we criticize Israel if we want? Again, they control everything. That's why they, well, they have too many fingers and, yeah. and too many and too many uh, pies. To be honest, their secret services <laughs> second to none. They have blackmail goods on so many people. You mm. know, they, they, let's let's not beat about the bush. We know they are powerful. We know some of the lengths they will go to. Yeah. And let's leave it at that. We'll not go down any, any rabbit holes. No, but no, again, yeah, you know. Yeah, but, but they when they make it look like they're being persecuted, that's then when they can then toughen laws and strengthen laws against it. Which, well, uh, or, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Gar Ram says a really good point. He says, you know, criticism is hate speech, apparently, and that's the whole point, Jed. Criticism isn't hate speech. You can. We should be able to criticize whoever we want, whenever we want. No one's forced to agree with it. You know, people can say, "No, no, I think Netanyahu's doing a great job," or "Or I think he's, you know, he's, he's doing a atrocious job." Uh, surely, all points of view should be welcome. Criticism is, as Paddy says, free speech. Jeff. Um, well, that's the point, isn't it? Uh, we, we're now in a, an era where criticism is it is hate speech. It's his. Uh, anti-Semitic or it's Islamophobic or it's trans or, or whatever woke agenda that you want to throw out uh, today and then a different one tomorrow. The point is, that's how they get you, isn't it? That's how your free speech is being denied. It's not 
that in certainly in some elements, yes, they are writing legislation to to diminish your free speech. But what they're actually doing is turning criticism and debate into hate speech, and then going, well, that is hate speech. Why? Because I say so, and therefore you're not allowed. So in the end, you're right. What I say is white and somebody else says is black in the future will become hate speech to say things are white or the sky is blue yeah, or the, the rivers uh, are wet, the rain is wet, the snow is cold. All that will be, and you, you think, well, you're being stupid. But no, we, only 10 years ago, we had two sexes, man and a woman. Look at us now. We've got hundreds, apparently. Yeah, but actually, we still only have the two. We just have hundreds of mental health um, issues uh, or different issues amongst people that need to be addressed and they're not being addressed. They're actually being emphasised uh, and um, um, propagated. But the point is, he's yeah. right. I think the comment there from, um, and I'm trying to scroll up now the timeline, uh, David, I think it was David Clements, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I think it's spot on. I mean, David made the very good point as well, which I I'll address tomorrow over on on one of the platforms. Did you did you guys see that the French have introduced a law that basically says if you criticise mRNA vaccines, then you can be jailed for three years? Did you see that absolutely? Stunning bit of authoritarianism. And given that mRNA is a platform that they're going to use, you know, for all the vaccines for cancer, for you name it, uh, it's going to be mRNA vac uh, based. And we know how disastrous mRNA uh, COVID jabs are. But in France, if any of us were to pipe up, in fact, I don't know how it would work if we were broadcasting this, you know, in into France. Well, what happens to do? Or is there a party? Will there be an arrest warrant out for you because you criticized mRNA technology? Maybe you wouldn't. What do you think about that bit of authoritarianism we've seen from La Belle France? Don't be, lo Patty, don't be looking you know. to try me at The Hague. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you can fight extradition. I mean, I'm prepared to be a character witness for you. Anybody, <laughs> anybody wants to come and get me, I'll tell you right where I'm at. <laughs> oh yeah well see Patty, this is why i have no gumption especially if you're coming after me for something i said it's you, you know it's, it's okay i hope well, you've got your gun Patty, paddy because uh, well a new yeah, week yeah, yeah, seven yeah, million guns 20 20 24 7 7 24 7 365 put, days a year jed it's just you know it's part of the clothing it's how yeah, i was raised Listen, we're going to get into this one because I but, want to talk about the Super Bowl and the shooting in Kansas. But wait, I got I got to comment on the other that. thing. I got to I got to comment on the other thing. It's like you know, and I respect I respect Adrian and I respect his views. I really admire it, it's a lot of the things he says. But I'm a Zionist and I'm a Catholic, which means uh, you know, and Catholics are nothing but Reformed Jews. So I am in the Jewish camp 100, <laughs> percent and um, that's just the way it is. And, um, I'm not, and Patty, that's absolutely fine. I used to be in the same camp as you. I'm not the, now. And at the same time, too, though, anybody who wants to, to be pro-Israel, if you want to be, like I said, I'm anti, I'm pro-life, but I'm also, you know, but if you want to preach anti, you know, uh, you know, abortion, go right ahead. If that's your belief system, God help you. I, whether I think you should be stoned yes. for stupidity is irrelevant, but you should have the right to say it. 
you know, and yeah. it's just like, and I make no bones about it. I've been accused of being, you know, uh, you know, being a Jew because I support the Israeli government and I support, you know, and I support my government and neither of them have their hands clean on a lot of issues, but they're still my, they're still mine. And your faith is touching if misguided. But, <laughs> but, uh, Where do we get back to the moon? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw a story about another moon landing that they're planning today. I haven't got around to talking about that one yet, but you'll probably hear from me on that tomorrow. But yeah, so look, look, I, I just think that, um, you know, all kinds of, I mean, you, you either have free speech or you don't, surely. So if, if Labour want to stick up anti-Semitic um, uh, parliamentary people who, who hate on Israel, I say fine. I mean, the, the biggest laugh is in, uh, in this Rochdale by-election. Um, which Adrian happens at the end of the month. I think it's the 29th of February. And um, this is in Rochdale. And so Labour have had to stand down. They don't actually have a candidate now because they had to stand die, down the, the uh, what is his name, Ali, uh, Mr. Ali, uh, for, for his comments. Which means that if you look at the bookies, the bookies are now given uh, George uh, Galloway as the favourite to win. Now, I've, I, I did, once upon a time, back when I was young, I did a TV show with uh, George Galloway, and the topic party was Israel. And I was on that uh, show defending Israel. I can't even remember what the context was. But George was absolutely visceral against him. So the irony is, come what may, someone who's very anti-Israel, and I'm not saying anti-Semitic, but very anti-Israel, is going to become the MP for uh, uh, for Rochdale, you know, Adrian. So, so it's it's funny how these things work out. You, you know, um, Keir Stormer makes a song and dance about it. Oh, we can't have an, an, an a, a, someone who's anti-Israeli as the Labour candidate, and the person who's going to win the seat, Adrian, is very heavily anti-Israel. Uh, yeah, but I don't think Keir Stormer even thought about that or thought. That Galloway was a possibility. He probably thought Galloway had been discredited, mm. and that no matter what, Labour would win that seat. Mm. Um, I don't know now. Can they get anybody else in in on time no. as a replacement? No, 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 no. no they can't. Well, then, Labour will lose this. Yeah. yeah. Well, then I would maybe expect a hit piece on Galloway in about six months' time, then or a year's time, to force a final election. Well, they could, yeah, because of course there'll be another election in Rochdale. That's right, Adrian. That's a good point, Jed. That you know, so we got this by-election at the end of the month. But um, whenever Rishi finally p picks up the courage to call the general election, that'll trigger another election in Rochdale. And at that point, Labour, if they if they can find someone who isn't anti-Semitic, which may be a problem for them, uh, they can put him up and then win the seat. Uh, yeah, they could. Uh, maybe uh, Jeremy Corbyn. Oh no. Well, no, he's got issues, hasn't he, with, with um, the Jewish faith. Um, yeah, he's, he's, uh, Labour just can't help themselves, can they, really? Labour are just a, a bunch of hating ape mongers uh, on steroids because although they, they're the party that talks about inclusivity, etc., etc., and, and be kind, they are the most hateful party I have ever come across. You know, they talk about, uh, you know, the, the terrible Tories that, uh, and, the, and the, you know, how the Tories have destroyed this and then they're killing your granny, etc., etc. But actually, Labour are cancer. Labour 
are sucking this country dry. The Labour MPs, the Labour councillors, and, and you're absolutely right. They now have got a large element of the Labour Party, which by the, uh, how can I say this? Oh, I'll just say it, and I might be wrong, and I might have to apologise. But by their religion, are anti-Semitic. And Labour have encouraged them people to join the Labour Party and, and go through the Labour Party ranks. They have only themselves to blame. This guy is not the he's not the first, and he certainly will not be the last in this position. Um, I in Rochdale, if you see what I mean, and not just Rochdale, but lots of other northern towns, um, because yeah. Labour are just rife with it. They really are. They are a hateful party. Yeah, they really are. They are. Uh, they, they, disgust me every day every single day but the thing is that gets me is you, you know and, and adrian referred to this that we've got such an inpouring of um you know people from uh foreign parts who who are overwhelmingly muslim like let's just be let's be honest about it and that's gonna firm up not the tory vote but the labor vote in the future so the bit that scares me is, you know, Labour get they will get in hundred percent. They're going to get in, obviously, um, despite this furore over um, anti-Semitism, and and then you're going to have five years of more vast immigration. And does that put in place something, Paddy, which you've got in the states as well to continue with to contend with? You know, you've got a and then you've got this tsunami of people coming in who who won't be voting for. Uh, the Conservatives in Britain or the Republican Party in the States. And is this how the left basically destroys countries? Paddy. I'm sorry, Monica just walked in and I totally blanked out. I heard, missed the question. Would you repeat it? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, Paddy. <laughs> Just saying that, uh, tell Monica. The boss takes precedent. I'm sorry. Tell Monica I'll have to have words with her. Monica Davis said I'll have to have words with you. Yeah. <laughs> She's laughing. Uh, Better you, you know, than I, me, my friend. But go ahead. Paddy, I'm, I'm just, oh, I know you both well. Uh, the, the thing is, everyone's saying hello to Monica, by the way, here on the stream. Just let her know we're all sending hello. the love to Monica. The whole crew says hello. Um, my, the, the, the better half, God bless her. 36 years of me, with she deserves the sainthood. A true Irish saint, <laughs> Irish English saint. Ha, has she not been offered a potential, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, sainthood? Because I would have thought she's definitely uh, earned it. But uh, but anyway, we're, we're very grateful of Monica and you. I was just trying to say, Paddy, you know, that we're going to have we're, all this immigration, both legal and illegal, but, um, is all about uh, bringing in people essentially from an Islamic background into the UK. And then in the US, You've got these people coming across your border in the millions. And it seems to me that the Democrats in the state states and both parties here in the UK are committed to destroying our countries or nation states by no, bringing that's, in no, these no, people. See, that's, that's the byproduct. That's the byproduct. The, the, all they care about is these are guaranteed voting blocks. These are, and they got to bring in enough numbers to give out, to cancel out so that the same people get, get reelected. Because, like I said, they'll, they'll keep paying them their handouts and they'll vote for that. And that's what this is. This is a power grab. They don't care what it does to our culture. That to them doesn't even enter their minds. This is all about retaining power. And the best way to do it is flood it with, the, uh, with the, your case, the Middle Easterners, our case, the South Americans and the, and, and the Hispanic populations. And it's all with their hands out. It's not qualified people. It's not people yeah. coming here for quick, work. Yeah, so quick question for Jed here. Jed, are we streaming this on Rumble, Getter, and Twitter, or where are we streaming? Uh, it's on Rumble, 
and Getter, not on Twitter, buddy. I thought we'd given fine. up on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 that's, I have no problem with that. Yeah, no, I've just been asked. Uh, someone wants to know where they can tune into this chat. So uh, I've just said on... Uh, well, Podbean, Twitter. mate, Podbean. Um, yeah. It's best quality. Yeah, they can join in the conversation too. Yeah, but one of the difficulties is not everyone downloads uh, Podbean. This is the problem with uh, Podbean. It's, I know it's one of the world's biggest podcast platforms, but you'd be surprised how many people don't download it. Anyway, anyway, not going to stick. I, I was just answering a... I'm multitasking here, folks. I'm talking on the laptop. I'm messaging on my my I, uh, my um, uh, iPhone. So lots of stuff going on. Okay, uh, let's move on a wee bit. Listen, I want to talk about I want to talk about the Super Bowl. This is this is fascinating me. Number one, I didn't watch it. Uh, absolute. Uh, 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 no way would I watch the, the Super Bowl. I used to not watch it because it came on really late at night. You know, in UK time. It, it, it's obviously aimed at a U.S. audience. So it, it, my son watched it, and I think he was up to half two or half three o'clock watching the Super Bowl. Um, but, uh, I mean, what's all this Taylor Swift business and this guy uh, that she uh, is sweet on, who's, or, is, or when I say she, uh, I'm maybe with a question mark. Um, what, what's his name? What's, who, who, what's her boyfriend's Travis name? Kelty. Travis, oh, that's it. Travis Kelsey. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Travis Kelsey. Mr. F Adrian, Travis Kelsey. 20 million he got from Pfizer to promote the toxic jabs. Yeah, 20 million from Pfizer. And he's also now pushing gun control. So, oh, sure, sure, I'll, Patty, I'll come to you in a second. Uh, but, Adrian, you didn't watch the Super Bowl by any chance. Did anyone watch the Super Bowl? I watched no, it. I I, it was on in the background, but it's like it wasn't the Eagles, so who cares? It's on in the middle of the night here. You know what I mean? It's supposed to take an hour. It takes five and a half hours. What's the point? You know? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I, 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 and it's part of another World Series in America that actually never goes outside America. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah well, the last thing about that. This, 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 this oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just reading that. so much anti-Americanism on this stream. American rubbish. Sorry, Patty. Uh, you're, Patty, you're being. But anyway, I, I like, saw it as a satanic ritual. That's what I saw when I seen uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift. And there was one of the rappers that was in the box with her. I think she was called. I mean, this shows you. Was she called? What was it? Uh, can anyone get the rapper? Was it ICT or Rice? tea or something like that and she was given baphomet signals baphomet uh, ice cream <laughs> ice somebody yeah uh, ice tea rich i'm not tea. sure but uh, uh, <laughs> rich tea but, uh, uh, lots of different suggestions i'm sure i, I don't think any of these have got it right yet but anyway um she was given the baphomet sign, sign. so west, I, west moved from his seat or something there was some controversy over that <laughs> Well, yeah, but he, he's a troubled soul. He's a definite troubled soul. But um, so I saw that. But but then here's the thing anyway. So we had the Super Bowl and oh, oh, the Kansas City Chiefs win, beat the 49ers and all that, Patty. And then there's this Kansas City Chiefs victory um, sort of parade in Missouri. And then what happens is there's like a, a, a mass shooting. Some, I think one person's killed. Other people were injured and innocently Biden's on it saying time to take away your assault weapons. And, um, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, mm, 
I'm suspicious about all of this here. I'm suspicious about all mass shootings, by the way, but I'm particularly suspicious about this. It seemed to be you get the Super Bowl, you get the whole Taylor Swift uh, and uh, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Travis Kelsey sort of psyop thing going. And then Travis is posting stuff about the importance of gun control. I'm very suspicious about it, Paddy. What are you? Oh, former D's coming in as well. F former D, come on in, and Paddy's going to give us his speech, and then you can come in. Paddy. Well, just real quick, because I want to hear what Farmer D has to say. But uh, Taylor Swift and, and Kelsey, it's, it's, you know, it's paparazzi. It's, it's the people that, you know, same people that killed Diana and all that. It's just these, you know, you don't, these people just have to have somebody to follow around. I think personally, the music is crap. I'm from the 60s, The Who, The Doors, I'm sorry. Rolling Stones, but uh, <laughs> but major sound effects in the background there, Patty, going no, on. Major it's, sound effects. No, it's well, like, it's life's this is called real life broadcasting. Yeah, Sorry, it is. We yeah, broadcast live, but uh, yeah. But, Leslie uh, wants to know: Have you fallen off your chair? I'm not uh, sure. Gravity works. No, that's yeah. actually Monica doing her bags, but uh. <laughs> there is such a thing as gravity mind you but anyway yeah go ahead yeah but the, yeah uh, so i want to hear i want to hear the former but it, it's right it, so right okay former day you're very welcome on the stream thank you so much for coming into the studio tell us your thoughts uh, well it's great to be on guys and girls um i've no thoughts on taylor swift if i'm honest um but i've got <laughs> I've got plenty on the farming industry. I mean, uh, any questions you've got and where you want me to start, just fire away. Well, let me start then. Right. OK, let's jump into farming. So, OK, we've seen all these um, you know, protests in Holland and Germany and in, in Spain. I mean, some amazing protests. I've seen some in Ireland beginning to kick off. I've seen some in Wales. Um, do you think these will achieve anything? And, and, and more particularly, when will the English farmers be rising up? Or will they? Uh, no, 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 David. Uh, they never will. I don't think in my own mind. Uh, Grantonio um, mentioned it um, two weeks ago about the protests we did over the diesel. He said it was, well, the biggest surprise was he said it was 20 years ago. I, I can't believe where all that's gone. But uh, I was actually on that protest. Um, yeah, yeah, and it was actually, to be fair, a waste of time. Um, we, we we started doing slow crawls. Uh, a lot of farmers and wagon drivers in the local area, and all we essentially got uh, was abuse from the general public. Now, farmers, as a rule, are very timid creatures, if you will, apart from the French, obviously, um, mm. and you're nothing without the backing of the general public and you mentioned it two weeks ago david about empty shelves and that is the only way that then we will get the public's backing and then we go from there but until then it, it won't happen it's interesting that you know because i definitely you see here's another question for you do you think that the NFU, the Nationalist Farmers Union, has that been bought off by the government? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Mm. And they're and they're all they're all making money off the backs of farmers. These sorts they say they're from the farmers, but they're not. They're, yeah. they're, they're the government runs them, and that's mm. easy to see. 
you know, with mm. the stuff, the red tractor as well, the red tractor, which has been, was brought in, which is a farce in itself uh, for the fact that, you know, back British farmers and it gets a sticker on it with a little red tractor. Well, I can tell you something from years ago, and I don't know whether people will know this or not, but if there's any produce brought in from any country, slaughtered but in a solid state, if you will, and then packaged in this country, you can then call it British produce. Yeah. And that's a fact, you know, that, you know, and that's, you know, another, that's a red tractor because red tractor are partly owned by the NFU. You see, they're all in it together in my, in my mind. Hmm. Mm. And, and and yet, like the truth of the matter is, and I'm sure everyone listening would probably agree with me in this one. Like we all realize how important farmers are, you know, without no farmers equals ultimately no food. And I've got massive sympathy, uh, Farmer D, for the, the farmers. I know that, you know, it's between it's between the uh, zero net zero agenda and some of the rest of it. I mean, they basically want you to stop farming. That's what they want. And if they have their way, they, they will have it. Adrian wants to know, uh, can you lend me a tractor, Antonio? <laughs> I think we're trying to start a British farmer strike in this one tonight. Uh, 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 but what yeah. do you think, Farmer Day? What are you ragging? Uh, yeah, it, it, it would do a world of good. Uh, these, these protests, farmers have been talking about them for a lot of years when the price of milk was dire. In the in the nineties, yeah. we were talking about dumping all the milk. You know, when farmers get together, if you dump all your milk for a week, that would really shake the apple tree. But <laughs> you know, you, you just can't get them to do it. They're all they're their own worst enemies in in, in a way. They really mm. are. Uh, they'd only have to do it once, David. Stick together once, and that would be it. We'd we'd be up and running then. But they they just won't. Yeah. Uh, but 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 how do you then, you know, when you look at what you see, how, you know, we talked about France there. I mean, I know the French love a good protest anyway, but I mean, yeah. Spain, I, I've seen it in Spain as well. There's some hefty protests going on over there. And why do you think they can do it and we can't? Um, maybe they stick together. I couldn't uh, comment yeah. on the, the Spanish farmers, but maybe they've got the public back in as well. You know, I could see it now if farmers did you know, to the motorways and the, uh, uh, and the roads around here, if they all managed to stick together and, and did what mm. the French were doing, uh, you'd just get public. You wouldn't get the public support. You'd just get your fists, you know, you'd be shaking the mm. fists out of the cars and, you know, mm. you're upsetting their day and they can't get to work and they can't get to where they're going. That's all it would be. The only way you took weapon is, like I said, if the supermarket shelves were empty and med people, you know, not, not, you know, present company accepted because we seem to be a little more awake, but you know, the, the sheep, if you will, um, to, to sit up and think, and then that, then we might gain some traction. Then I, I like the words uh, sheep and traction. Uh, I'm sorry, Farber D, but all right. So if they did something for a week, I know the French, the French, riot and, and strike a drop of a hat uh, and, and most of Europe does what what is it that stops the UK farmers going down the same route 
um, because they have the same grievances, if not more so, uh, because we're allowing all the imported stuff, and as you've just rightly said, and then stick a red tractor on it, and there it's British. It's not. You know, it, it's that same old argument, isn't it, um, of uh, Cornish pasty. Wedding's a Cornish pasty, not a Cornish pasty, if you see what I mean. And, and we have that stupidity in this country. So what will make the farmers stand up and say, no, you know, and... and Call the uh, the bell and ring the bell and say no. This is it. This is last orders on farming. Like, um, like I said, Jed, the they are very timid. Uh, the English farmers, especially, I think the Irish have got a little bit more fire in the belly, and and and, and the Welsh and the Scottish as well. But the 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 English farmers, they just they're very timid creatures. Plus, they're all of an age now. You know, I go to my local auction marts and we've got a few around here. There's Bentham and Gisborne and Clitheroe. And you look at the average age of those farmers there and it's 60 to 70 years old. You know, the, the main of them. Well, <laughs> these lads, you know, <laughs> they've, they've lost all the fight that they used to have. You know, it's not. And the, there's no young, especially in the, there's no young farmers coming in or very few. You know, mm. and it's 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 farming's not looking good. Uh, that's that's all I can say. These, and I'm not, you know, I'm not whining and moaning because the farmers love what they do with a passion. Um, there's never been a lot of money in it. There was a, with the EU subsidies, which I don't never agreed with at all. There was if if you had a certain farm in a certain area of a certain acreage, you were raking it in, um, but. As a general rule on a standard farm, there isn't a lot of money in it um, and a lot of vouching for these subsidies now going forward with the SFI, the Sustainable Farming Incentive, which, you'll, um, which like you said before, they're paying you to stop farming and a lot are going that way. So you add all these things together and the picture's not looking too bright. Mm. Farmer D, I, uh, I, about a year ago, I went and met up with a bunch of farmers uh, in a part of uh, a rural part of Northern Ireland, unsurprisingly, and uh, the thing that struck me about these guys was that you know they they wanted to do their best, um, but they were really torn on it because they were getting shafted with the uh, the net zero thing. So that was the first thing they were shafting them, and then there there was the actual costs of trying to do what they what they do, and a lot of it's transgenerational. Like farming is something that tends to run from generation to generation, but it seems to me that um, like David Clements makes a very good point. How can some farmers afford to take their tractors? To capital cities for days. Uh, Chris Davy says, I'd never met a poor farmer. Whoa, Anne Grantonio's joined us in the studio. It's all kicking off, uh, Farmer D. Uh, Grantonio, you want to say something? Speak now, my friend. Thank you, David. Um, yeah, it was just this point that uh, Farmer D's making. Um, cheers for coming on, Farmer D. Love, love to hear your stuff. But um, this stuff that the, the British public wouldn't get behind it. Um, you, the, 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 the main religion in the uk is the nhs um i think most people on this this um sort of show podcast whatever you call it david and and farmer d I, th I think most people would agree that the nhs is completely useless and yet it's the god that everybody seems to pray to and i mean quite literally you, you remember every thursday night um a few years ago people were literally praying the sky god um the vaccine is completely useless 
completely useless. And yet they've managed to get people to to take something that's it's, it's less than useless. It's quite harmful in a lot of cases. I think Pharmody, I, I don't think it's a lost cause. I think there's, there, there must be ways of, of promoting your cause and getting people behind you. That's all I want. Okay, Grantonio, thanks very much. Farmer D, do you want to respond to that? Uh, I'd like to think that, you know, everybody would band together and, and we could do something about it. And it would, it would um, I think it would be great if, it, if, if we could. I mean, it's very important farming, isn't it? Without food, you've had it. I mean, Jed mentioned yep. it two weeks yep. ago. You know, it's, and it's, uh, food has been, too cheap for too long i mean the farmers and again yeah poor farmers and all that i see the comments on there <laughs> but it, it hasn't been so good we farmers are price takers not price makers that's the biggest problem you know you, you get what you're given on the day you know mm. for what you produce and that's and that's really not so good and a, a, a lot of a lot of the farmers would would agree you know that the subsidies that they have been given they'd be better off without them if we were just to get a fair price enough to keep going for what we produce but that's never been the case mm. um but we could we could argue we could argue that till we blew in the face but can i can i just say something very so, quickly david oh jed did you want to say something sorry you you first mate yeah. Um, okay. First thing, John Saunderson had to turn the volume down for me. I'm, I'm not sure if to take that if I'm to take that personally because I was t chatting a lot of rubbish and he was turning the volume down. I don't know. Or am I just very loud? Your your volume is definitely on the upper end of the uh, right. uh, spectrum. Don't, don't, <laughs> That's okay. Don't know, how to, I don't know how to account for that. But um, and the Gowaram said people are too apathetic. Oh, yeah, I, I, people are apathetic, but you can very easily get people behind a cause, very easily. Mm. Well, I mean, I used to think people were apathetic, Grantonio, but I don't even care anymore. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he says, hey. moving on. Moving on. Oh, um, okay. can, I, can I ask, David? Can I ask? All right, so. Yeah, yeah. If we... If the farmers don't get behind anything, as you're saying, some of them are quite, well, a lot of them are quite old now. Uh, farms pass through generation to generation, and maybe this is the last generation, so to speak. Um, but the, they must be seen. Yeah, and you're, and part, I think part of the issue here is when you go into Europe, the unions are on the side of the farmers. The unions fight for the farmers. You, you mentioned it, family. They fight for you to have a fair price for your produce, whatever it might be, whether it's cattle, whether it's uh, wheat, whatever it might be. I don't know. Um, but I don't think our, your union, um, and, and subsequently I, I would say our union, because they are a union that's supposed to support you who then feed us okay you know you keep saying well we don't get a fair price that's why we have to have subsidies well i think it was the other way around they give you subsidies so they they could lower the price of food but actually in the end we pay for it anyway because we're paying through taxation so whether i pay you 10 pound for you know for a pint of milk or whether i pay you five pound and then pay the government five pound and they give you that five pound it makes no odds i've still paid 10 pound for a pint of milk 
So, but there's got to be something with the way we're going now with net zero and farms being closed down or farms being turned into solar farms or wind farms or whatever it might be, or, or fertilizers being stopped or nitrates or whatever it might be. There's got to be a line where all the farmers said, no, this is the line now. And I know 20 odd years ago um, with the diesel and stuff, that really never went anywhere. That's 24 years ago. We've moved on a hell of a lot now. There's got to be a line for the British. Uh, Jed, Jed, can I just say something? For, oh, sorry, David. Did you want to give Adrian the floor? Sorry. I wanted to give you know, Adrian. Just want to give Adrian a chance to come in on this one, and then Grantonio come to straight straight to you. Adrian, do you want to just say something if you want? On yeah. This? Well, if you, if you destroy the farming industry, you're then reliant on food imports from other countries, and obviously then that adds more expense to it so if you can control the the food that people have you basically control the population do you understand what i mean you can you can either starve them or you can feed them yeah and, and if they want to starve you and control you and weaken you they could very easily do that if they destroy the whole farming industry yeah and which is what I think the World Economic Forum want. Grantonio. Well, I was just I was kind of echoing what, what Jed was saying and what I'd said earlier about vaccines being useless. Um, net zero is completely useless. Solar is completely useless. Wind farms are completely useless. And yet the, 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 the powers that be have managed to convince the majority of people that that's the way forward. Um, Abraham Lincoln once said, you can fool some of the people all of the time, and you can fool all of the people some of the time, but you cannot fool all of the people all of the time. I think with regards to what Adrian's saying, it's just a fact, no, no food, you know, no farmers, no food. People will start to to change when they realise that. And I don't think it takes much to, to start a campaign to get people Farmer D. I think Farmer D. Sorry, yeah. I just, I'm yeah, just curious to know what Farmer D produces on his farm. You know, and do, do you do you have a side hustle with like your own farm shop as well to sort of combat being ripped off by supermarkets and? No, we uh, we used to milk a lot of cows and, and process our own milk many years ago. It's what it's what made the farm essentially. Um, but we give all the milk in um, because the um, well, we're in a we're in we're, we're very close to a lot of towns, Lancashire towns, and um, the the supply for our milk. Well, not the supply, the demand for our milk dried up in in a, in a sense because the Asian shopkeepers um, wouldn't buy from us because. Um, <laughs> they had their own milkman and he was Asian, so that's how that worked. So we decided to shut that down. We've still got quite a few sheep, um, but we got, we, we've always got told years ago, and every farmer did, to diversify. The government were pushing that, the NFU was pushing it. So we diversified into um, a, a livery yard, horses and such as like. Um, so we keep, we keep the bills uh, paid mainly by doing that, really. Well, if, if I can just wrap this aspect of the show up by saying, uh, Farmer D, you just uh, it's pretty clear from all the comments we've heard that, you know, what you do is very much um, appreciated. Uh, if the farmers struck tomorrow, I think most of us here would be going, yeah, we're all 100% behind that. And I got to say, when I saw the French farmers 
dumping piles of manure and whatnot in certain places in Brown Paris and elsewhere. I thought, wouldn't that be wonderful if someone turned, if a, if a cascade of far of, far of uh, tractors arrived at Downing Street or Parliament and dumped masses of manure? But then how would we know? Anyway, uh, that's it, folks, for that section of the show. Uh, I want to welcome uh, Charlie Sansom, uh, who's in the studio. Thank you for being here as well. Charlie, good to see you here in the... Um, uh, the, uh, the 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 Podbean studio. Now, I want to move on. I want to talk about well, a couple of things. Uh, I tell you what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the fact. Did anyone see David Cameron, Lord Cameron, stand up in the Commons or in the Lords yesterday and say that uh, he reckons that we should be boys we've, we've got uh somebody special effects there in the background uh yeah, is it coming from you um yeah um um cameron stood up and said he thinks we should be bringing wounded palestinians to the uk into the nhs because reasons and i wonder what is anyone is there anybody on the stream that thinks that's a good idea that we bring palestinians who are wounded, maybe seriously or otherwise, and put them into the UK, into the NHS, meaning that Brits have to go behind Palestinians. Does anybody think that's a good idea? Yeah, go I do. David I think Cameron, it's a brilliant though. idea if you want to destroy your NHS. Oh, no, we've already done that, haven't we? It's absolutely barking, David. It's typical typical globalist, isn't it? Don't worry, because he's not paying for it. He's the one with the, the fancy tax lawyer that's stopping him paying all the, all the taxes he should pay. <clears throat> Due to the law, i.e. applying UK tax law, I've got no, no qualms with that. But the point is, everybody else that doesn't have a smart... Uh, uh, accountant that can do that for them are paying the taxes that they they are due and they're trying to pay for this NHS and Labour will say every single day of the year every year for infinity that the NHS doesn't get enough money how much is enough money for the NHS what is it now 120 billion 150 billion a year what is enough for the NHS? It's probably north of that. It's probably more like 200 billion a year. When it gets to 500 billion a year, when it gets to a trillion a year, will that be enough for Labour? No, it won't. And for people like Cameron going, we can bring the world here. We can, we can treat the world. Then even a trillion won't be enough. Two trillion won't be enough. 10 trillion and 32 trillion to match the, uh, the US debt. That will not be enough either. And where would the money come from as well? I mean, Adrian, on this one, Printing machine. I think, well, then you get massive inflation and then that drives off government debt and the whole thing ultimately goes belly up. Did, did you hear Lord Cameron come out with this nonsense in the, the Lords? And what was your response, Adrian? I did. And I just thought it was the, one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. One, why do we need to import more of the third world into this country? The NHS is already a breaking point, so now these people are going to get priority. But then again, maybe that's the plan. Get it to a breaking point where yeah. people who yeah. can't afford private health insurance, like Cameron, like if Cameron falls and hurts himself, he doesn't go to any. You know, he has private medical insurance and all that, so the elites will be looked after. It'll be the poor people that will solely have to rely on the NHS because everybody else will just get fed up with two, three year waiting times. 
and they'll go private oh, to these these companies now, Boopa and Vitality and things like that. And it'll well, be the poor that suffer. Yeah, well, actually, look, that's the point. Um, the, the first topic I'd, I noticed earlier today, uh, they'd come out and say that apparently the average waiting time in A&E, accident and emergency, so this is when people have hurt themselves, right? It's, it's like 12 hours, 11 to 12 hours. It didn't used to be that. It used to be 17 minutes, but now it's 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 12 hour wait. David. And, and, yeah, you I know, know you know. Sorry, I, I went in, in New Year's Day, didn't I? Yeah. And actually, for for the treatment I had and to observe me for long enough, I could have been in there two hours. I was in there 12 hours. Yeah. It's because they don't move you on either. You know, you get in, they do that initial assessment and go, yeah, okay, let's start pumping you full of antibiotics. And that's all I needed. That's all I needed was some antibiotics. Yet I, ha I was on a drip with antibiotics. That ran out. And then I just spent the rest of the day saying when can i go home oh well we'll just try you on this well okay and we'll we'll check on you in two hours all right that'll be one o'clock so it's now one o'clock can i now go i just need some antibiotics can i please go that i'm taking up a bed i don't need to take up oh well uh we'll just find a doctor from one o'clock in the afternoon to eight half past eight in the evening I was trying to find a doctor that would see me. And there's doctors were walking past going, hey, have you come to see me? Oh, no, no. Well, can you see me so I can go home? Oh, no, uh, we're just going to go over there and see them over there. And I was just grabbing doctors as they went past and then ended up with three doctors. The one that was seeing me had gone into a crash room because, uh, unfortunately, and, and rightly so, uh, a baby had died. But that was 30 minutes in 12 hours. And when he came, he said, all right. I said, no, you're too late now. I've just seen those two doctors over there and I'm getting my prescription and I'm on my way. Somebody else can have this now by this stage, not a bed, but a broken chair in the corridor that I've been sat on for six hours. Yeah, but but but, but the point about it is that the NHS is worshipped as, as essentially the, the new state religion. I mean, we're not Christian anymore. We are a pro-NHS worshipping country. And, uh, uh, and yet... The, the, the service we're given is absolutely atrocious. I mean, Grantonio, just on the NHS, um, no amount of money is going to fix the NHS. And if we're going to prioritise the third world over Brits, then it's, it's almost like Adrian said, it's being designed to collapse. Well, to echo what Jed said, um, for years and years and years, they have pumped money into the nhs it's really strange that they keep doing this and they keep saying it's failing they keep saying the nhs is on its knees then they keep saying it's the envy of the world and you and i have just said this evening david that it is the national religion um yeah. <clears throat> i'm beginning to think taylor swift is the national religion actually because i don't get this strange god that, that everybody's praying to and um, no. with regards to palestine what, what what countries does does the, do the Palestinian territories border? I mean, I think Egypt is one of them. Um, Jordan, I, I think, yeah. might be one as well. There's plenty of other countries. I mean, I, I'm sure their health service isn't great, but it's not non-existent. Um, and just very quickly, I, I had a very, very, very similar experience to Jed. It's really strange. The day that he went into A&E, I did exactly the same thing with the way I remember you describing it, Jed, exactly the same symptoms. 
the the person behind the counter said I'd be sat there for two or three hours, and I just knew that that wasn't how it was going to play out, and I wasn't going to sit there feeling as awful as I did. Um, so I just went home and used the NHS hotline. Um, two hours I was on the phone, two hours, and eventually got through to them, and she gave me a lecture about how inappropriate it was for me <laughs> for me to walk into accident and emergency. It was New Year's Eve. There was nowhere else to go. She gave me a lecture about how I shouldn't have done that. Um, <clears throat> and the, the other thing I want to say, there was an article in the BBC, which you might have just mentioned, David, today about how the waiting times is being yeah. normalised. 12-hour yeah. waiting times is being normalised. And that's so true. I don't think you could tell kids today that that's that's not considered to be normal to be waiting in an accident and emergency for 12 years. And that's a generational thing. They'll grow up to think that that's normal or acceptable. But there's other things. What other things are happening in in the world that are being normalized? You know, like, like, say, mask wearing or just the amount of potholes in the road or just other things that are just going wrong. I'm a Scotsman. I, I, my, my, I'll very quickly leave you with this, David. You know I like to talk. But my, my friend um, in East Lothian, her three children, how old? 16, 19, and 21, couldn't point to Africa on a map. That's not abnormal in Scotland, which used to be the envy of the world in terms of education. So there's all these things, this rot that is happening in the UK that is being normalised, poor education, poor health, poor services. It's it's a very, very sad. And actually, Paddy, can I come to you? I know you've been sitting there quietly. Um, we're all complaining about the fact that our national health service, our socialised health service, you know, is, is falling apart at the seams and the government seemed to be happy about that. What's it like in the States? Is, is, is your hospital, I mean, if you go into a US hospital, do you wait for 12 hours to be seen in an emergency? Nah, in the middle of a Friday night when they're uh, in, in, in Chicago, even with, with, with 20 shootings going on, you're still going to get seen with, if you, well, if it bleeds, it leads. You can see immediately, but you'll still get seen within about two hours. Within about two hours. But what cracks me up is that you know the, our the U.S. government once is envious of the NHS. They want so bad for the American healthcare system to be to be to be modeled after the NHS, and it's, they're freaking insane. I listen to you guys. I hear the nightmares. Now we sit, like I said, if we if we wait two hours, it's a really bad night, and there's already like three or four shootings ahead of you, or something like that. If not, you're seen within like 30, uh, 30 40 minutes at the at, at the, and that's a long wait. Yeah, yeah. Well, although, Paddy, I did see, uh, I, I did a show on Monday night with Dr. Kat Lindley. And uh, one of the things we were talking about was that I think in Canada, they are actually, because they're so mad in Canada, they're actually now trying to, in, to copy the NHS. It's amazing. They actually, I think, are trying to replicate the NHS Canada in Canada. Has gone down the rabbit hole, man. They, mm. Now, their whole, the whole country's just gone totally insane. They put the they, they put Junior in charge, and it's just gone. It's just been a spiral in, into into clown land. The problem is, yeah, David. But, the problem is yeah. when people like Trudeau, who obviously want to replicate it, or or even maybe in the U.S., you know, Biden and, and the creatures in the Democrat Party, um, and it's because 
they speak to people like David Cameron, who go, oh, no, the NHS is wonderful. Or, or, or Johnson, oh, the NHS is, is the envy of the world. Of course it is. But what they actually don't understand in the day-to-day -day running of the NHS, it's not falling apart. It fell apart 20, 30 years ago. It's on life support at the moment. It's in its own A&E. It's in its own emergency room. And they're there with the, with the paddles going clear and they're pressing them and nothing's happening. But then they keep doing it and they're looking in the NHSS's pupils and they're fixed and dilated. But somebody will not call it. Somebody will not look at the clock and say, time of death is 2024. They will not say it, but they know it's dead, but they keep pumping on the chest, they keep looking for a pulse, and they keep trying to force oxygen in, and it will not work. That's a dead parrot you're talking about, Jed. <laughs> I couldn't help it, I couldn't help it, but they got that so good as well, didn't it? I... The, th the, 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 the thing about the NHS is that uh, when Labour get in, they'll pump even more of your taxation into it, and it won't get any better. It's going to get worse. And I can, I can only imagine, I mean, Jed's talked about his story and Grantonio's story on, on the, the first day of January. But I'm just thinking to myself, you know, um, there's people, there's elderly people who maybe fall and potentially, I don't know, you know, break a leg or break their arm or whatever. And they, they're sitting on average 12 hours to be seen in pain. I think the NHS, well, I've said this for a long time, I used, and Paddy will remember, I used to write about the National Death Service way, way back in the day. And that's before we got to COVID and we seen that it was also a genocidal service as well. He just became nice. active. Uh, just went proactive. Yeah, yeah, Paddy, it was it was latently in favour of killing us and then it became active, which is, uh, and as Leslie says, the NHS hates old people. Yeah, they want them dead. Well, I mean, Leslie, they, they did their best during COVID. Let's be honest about it. I mean, they even gave them a medal for it, didn't they? The George Cross for services rendered to thinning the uh, herd. But uh, Gar Ram says the NHS hates patients. Yeah, yeah. They, oh, this is what I love about this stream. You guys, you, you say everything I'm thinking. The NHS, Gar Ram, does hate patients. They, and it's the public sector in general is run for the benefit of the public sector, not the patients, not the customers. It's not, nothing to do with that. Um, I mean, I, I, I suppose I'm old enough to remember maybe 30, 40 years ago, the NHS might have been bearable, but I've, I've really had very little time, occasion to use it myself over the last 20 years when my parents were very unwell towards the end of their lives. I was in it and it, it was pretty horrible then, pretty horrible. Uh, and uh, I, it's obviously gone downhill. As Leslie says, they do hate patients. Um, they're a nuisance. That's right. And yet their hands are always out, Leslie, saying we need more money, more money. I just saw today in Northern Ireland, Adrian, I see the local or local much hated executive have just coughed up an extra half a billion, I think, to the um, health. Were you, were you happy to see that, Adrian? Half a billion yeah. for money paid. Increases yeah, but they say it's not going to be sustainable and they need time to, to work things out. So, yeah, but the whole thing's a mess. Look, the, the NHS has been mismanaged. Um, the money that's been invested has been spent very, very poorly. There's too many managers that are earning more than the Prime Minister. There's yep. agency staff are costing five grand for one shift, you know, and at that's just the tip of the iceberg that nhs i think is totally unsolvable 
but it's political suicide for whoever calls the time of death, time of death, as Jeff put it, because that will be the political tool to beat them with for the next yeah. generation. They took away your free health care. But just, just to stress, isn't this the, the irony that everybody moans about it, but at the same time says it's the envy of the world? I mean, what, what is it? It's, it's, it's like with this climate change. There was a story in the news the other day about how it's freezing, and that's proof that, that the, the, the world's getting warmer or something. But what, what is it? Is the world freezing or is it boiling? I but mean, it's the it's the idea of the NHS. It's the dream of it that yeah. that is the envy of the world. The reality is, it's a great big steaming pile. Yeah, I, Adrian. I used to, when people call it the envy of the world. My line is, well, well, what world are you talking about? Pluto, potentially, maybe Pluto or. Um, I'm not saying uh, other planets, uh, Jupiter. You could think of maybe another one somewhere in between. Does Pluto no, exist? Yes, um, and that's another conspiracy argument. one, that David. You know, does Pluto really exist? It does I've seen? Did those we really go to Pluto? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Does Mars exist? I know I've eaten one, but does the planet exist? Well, I mean, have you been? Has anyone been to find out? Yet? Well, yeah, because I've seen the film. It's called The Martian. And I saw him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, Jed, that's because that's that proves that dinosaurs exist as well. Because I've seen Jurassic Park, and if anyone's going to tell me that uh, Jurassic Park is anything other than essentially a documentary, um, I've seen dinosaurs so coming in. flat earthers, man. All these flat earthers. Oh my God, they're heading for the edge. No. Yeah, I, I put a podcast out the other day on Antarctica. I don't know if any of you listened to it, but how uh, did some of and, those dinosaurs reproduce? Think about it logically. You know, but they didn't. Like, well, Tyrannosaurus Rex like, must have been very frustrated when he couldn't find a female. I don't know. How he had very short arms. Reproduced, to be honest. How did a Diplodocus mount another Diplodocus? When you look at the size Carefully. of them, or, or a Stegosaurus, you know what I mean? It, yeah, it's laughable. Whichever yeah, way he yeah. wanted on a Friday night after coming home from the pub. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, well, I mean, I, I, Leslie, can I just say, I don't believe in dinosaurs, absolute psyops. There's no way there was dinosaurs. And, oh, by the way, and by the way, uh, um, Antarctica, yeah, I've got big questions about Antarctica. Is it a big wall around the kind of um, uh, the dome, which is Earth? I wonder, is it? That's a know, very hollow but, uh, argument. Certainly, yeah. What? It's a very hollow argument. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Yeah. That well, listen, bad. We're gonna, okay, <laughs> listen, we're talk, talking about bad. We're going to move on a wee bit. I want to talk about this. This is a quite serious topic. Um, uh, I saw today a story that came up, which was the deputy leader of the Alliance Party here in Northern Ireland, a guy called Stephen Farry, who seems to spend a lot of time in McDonald's, if I look at him. Um, Fari came out today and said that he wants to see abortion up to the time of birth introduced in Northern Ireland. And I don't know what you, everyone can have their say on this one, but I mean, you know, I just consider that to be, that's murder. I mean, you know, so he's saying right up until the hour the baby is due to be delivered. Yeah, you can absolutely take it out. 
And this is the middle of the road. I'll start with you, Adrian, because it's a home story, but it's relevant everywhere, guys. You know, because around the world, I think the left are, they, they, they do love abortion. They love killing babies. But Adrian, I mean, the Alliance posture is this nicey, nicey, middle of the road, ever so reasonable party. And here we got their deputy leader essentially advocating for child or for infant um, murder, infanticide. Adrian. Yeah, my, my thoughts on that guy are, well, I don't want to broadcast them, but um, unless there's maybe something like complications to the mother's life that maybe in an emergency, something like that might be the only option. I think that might be, you know, to save the mother's life as such. But in general, I think that law is disgusting, absolutely disgusting, because then they'll just stretch it even further. Oh, sure, you've got a week after the baby's born. You yeah, know, oh, yeah. Decide whether you want to keep yeah. it or not. You know, where do we draw the line at this point then? Yeah, and as Gar Ram says as well, and this is a very good point he brings, who are the health professionals, in quotation marks, who would implement this? I mean, they're more like health killers, aren't they? If you're gonna if you're gonna take out a baby at full term for what now, Adrian, I do understand the point you're making in certain exceptional circumstances if, if it was so serious that the mother might die then I'm not sure, maybe, maybe, but by and large, uh, uh, it, it's, it's a murderous thing. And yet it's put out into the media and people go, oh, that's a really good point from uh, Stephen Fiery MP. What a, what a, what a profound point. Uh, and, and one of his party colleagues, who was a woman, agreed with him. So, you know, I mean, sometimes these stories take my breath away. I, I just can't believe that... that I mean, Fari, I just put down as a congenital it, idiot. But whenever um, it, a woman uh, in his own party, I forget her name, she went along with it. I'm thinking, what? who are these people, Adrian? It in, in just shows how little regard there is now for human life and the creation of human life. No, yeah. I, don't, I, no yeah. I, I do. I agree with that comment. But I think it just shows how far the left have gone in their insanity and Satanism. Because it's the left that are promoting this. It's not a conservative. It's not your middle of the road Joe Soap and Mrs. Soap. Yeah, um, it is the far left. The far left are an evil entity. They want to murder everybody. They want you to eat soya uh, and drink uh, and get tits like women. Uh, uh, you know, uh, they, they want uh, and they, and they're the ones that are saying there's 600 genders. You could be who you want to be and and on any given moment of any given day and if you get their pronouns wrong even if you don't know them and you get their pronouns wrong then you should go to jail those are these are the sickles but i agree the health professionals that are doing this need to be struck off they need to be struck off they are murdering babies and yeah. you could say, well, when when uh, when can we have abortion too? And I've listened to this debate, and I've listened to the US debate, this, and I'm going to say this now, shut up. And I've listened to the Americans, and I thought, oh, yeah, ours about 24 weeks is about right. Actually, no, I think, mm, sorry, it's a baby from conception now. I'm now on Stephen Crowder's side of the fence. Uh, you had your choices, women's choices. You had your choices. You could have closed your legs. You could have used contraception. There's, there's dozens of things you could have done before you produced a baby. The second you produced a baby, it no longer became, is your body. It, your body is a shell for somebody else's body, and that body has a right and it's free. Well, these are the people who said, my body, you know, my right, and then were insisting three years ago that everyone take the toxic COVID jab. 
So the hypocrisy on these so-called health professionals is like off the chart as far as I'd be concerned. Garam says it's anti-human and enthusiasm. Oh, it absolutely is. It's both of those things, you know. But, but Paddy, I mean, Jed's right in what he said there. This is one of the, um, one of the beliefs of the so-called left. Uh, and you've got it in the States as well because I see it in certain areas popping up where essentially they are advocating, you know, abortion at, at full term or even potentially after. Staggering. Yeah, in Virginia, they pass, they were trying to pass that law where after the baby's born, the doctor and the mother can decide. Yeah, don't even go there. Look, I'm going to make my statement on this and, and what I've been and how I've been and how it is. I'm, pro, I, I'm, I'm pro-life. First try, but but it's, it, life begins at conception. But the the, the first trimester is uh, you know it, there's not it, you know it's the only time that a, a child can can be born. And it's a woman's choice. Man really has no 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 say, say in the matter if she really doesn't want the child, she doesn't have a child. In the second trimester, it it, it unless it's uh, it jeopardizes the mother's life, it, you know it shouldn't happen. And in the third trimester, it's murder. It's as simple as that. Hang on. Why shouldn't it? Why shouldn't it be the man's choice as well? Why? Why are you accepting the feminist logic in this? No, I, I don't. No, think... I'm not accepting because it is the man's choice. The man does have a say in the matter. But the bottom line yeah. is, there's nothing in the first trimester. There's not if a, if a woman wants to to lose that child in the first trimester. There's nothing a man can do about it. And no, I got. I got. God, and that's between whoa, her whoa. and God. Right, hang on, hang on, hang on. Because a woman says, oh, it's her body, her choice, so she's going to have an abortion. Yet, when she decides not to, and the man wants her to, for example, say the man wants, no, I think you should have that abortion. She says, no, I'm taking it to full term. Yeah, he then doesn't have any choice whether he pays child support no, for the next no, 18 well, years. What? No, no, you took that risk when you, when you, when you, when you stuck your... No, I'm you getting it, Paddy, Paddy, Paddy. You your business, you made a commitment that if you made something, you were stuck paying for it, because that's the risk you take. And you didn't care yeah, no, time, Paddy. so too bad. No, Paddy, <laughs> you, you, you're missing my point. We all talk about oh, a woman has a right to have an abortion, yeah, but the man can't stop her, can't cannot stop her having that abortion when he doesn't want it. Yeah, and then when she says, No, I'm taking it to full term and you will pay for it for 18 years, he doesn't then have a choice. He said, Well, no, I wanted it aborted, but you didn't. You see what I mean? Are, are the tales I do, and I agree with you. I agree with you. But here's the here's the thing, and this is the truth of life: right and wrong. That sometimes is outweighed by 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 the fact. And the fact is that if the woman is 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 being that way, it makes a mighty damn thing any man can do about it. And it's going to happen. You get rid of her and write it off and pray about it. Because guess what? It's going to happen. And you know it's going to happen. And that's just the equality of the sexes, because you know where that is the one area where they have the power over us. Can I come in? Go for it. Yeah, Thank you, Paddy. Yeah. Um, speaking from personal experience, this is a story that I don't tell very often. It was about 20 years ago. Um, my girlfriend at the time, uh, she, she just split up with me. No idea why. No explanation. I thought we got on swimmingly. And then um, her mother and her sister came around to my flat to explain what had happened. It turns out that she was pregnant and she panicked and she didn't know what to do. The day, the moment they told me that, I can tell you was the happiest moment of my life. Uh, and David, you're a father. You're Jed's wired, a father. Probably. Paddy's a father. Adrian's a father, as, as I understand. So um, 
Um, weeks went down the line and she'd cut me off. I eventually got through to her and the, she answered the phone and the very first thing she said was, I'm not ready for this and I'm not having it. And I said, well, look, we can have this conversation. Let's meet up and chat about it. And she completely cut me off. It was a day at work. I, honestly, I, I don't want to go on too too long, David. I will edit this story. I was at work and I had the, the biggest pain in my stomach that I have ever had. And I yeah. knew, I knew. I contacted her mother that evening, I had to have five pints of Stella Artois. I remember specifically I had to drink it before I could speak to her. And um, she she told me, has, has I won't say her name, has she, has she not told you? Has she not rung you to tell you what's happened? Nope. And she didn't have to tell me what had happened. And I knew. And I, uh, yeah, I was pleading with her with that conversation before, before, please, please, please keep the baby, please. And I was the man, she was the woman, but this idea that it's the man who wants to get rid of the, 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 the baby, um, mm -hmm. is, is not in my experience is not true. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm with Jed. I brand. think, my girlfriend, she's not my girlfriend anymore. My girlfriend made a choice when she decided to lie down with me. And that was that was the moment she made that decision. And she couldn't have made that decision. It was, by the way, it was very late in the day that she, she decided to do what she, she did. And I, I also know, because we got back in touch about, about 10, 11, 12 years later, and she was crying her eyes out. And she's been living with that for years, that that regret and, and on all the rest of it. So thank you for giving me the... No, Grantonio, listen, thank you for sharing that with us, you know, and uh, I fully take on board, you know, you know your obvious um, emotions regarding it. And, and as I said, Patty, you know, that's why I think that, um, yeah, and this one, look... Like it's so it's so sad, and I see all the comments coming in here. It breaks what, your heart, no matter what saying. way it goes. It breaks your heart. Yeah, it breaks your heart, yeah. no matter what way it goes. It and, does. and you know, and that that's a heart. It was heart wrenching. You have my uh, my prayers, and uh, you know, you know, I don't care. You know, I'd give you a hug if you were here right now. Hug received, Patty. Well, we hug received. Antonio, <laughs> I'm going to share something with you. When I found out I was going to be a father. I thought, oh no. And I suggested, right, I don't think we should go down this route. Okay. And I had my reasons. And the reasons were we were never going to stay together. I knew that. But I now bring up my daughter on my own. And I wonder, is that my, my lesson for having had that thought? Because I would have missed out on the whole experience that I had. But you had. don't regret that, do you? hundred percent not. I fought with the courts to get my hands on her to make sure she was safe so she would be with me because just things were going on. But I wonder is that the lesson that I was taught? Yeah. Just, just random, just putting it out there, just your own experience, you know, it, it's the total opposite of your experience. I just knew. But, but by the way, you, you think perfect scenario. That she shouldn't have had it. My, I remember my younger brother saying something very similar that he, he didn't, he wasn't ready for a baby and was actually thinking it would be better if she well, got rid. And I said, look, you're, you're having that thought. You're only human. I don't agree with it. By the way, he's had three children and they are lovely. And, but to be honest, it wouldn't have been born into a perfect situation. Do you know, I just knew long term the romance was not going to be ideal. 
and it wasn't the perfect environment to bring a child but, but, into. D- but Adrian, very personal circumstances we're talking about, and I don't don't take this the wrong mm-hmm. way, but you and her did make that decision when, when, you, when you lay down that evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. That, 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 that was one of the consequences, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting one. This one we've taken. I knew this was a, a serious topic, and uh, but it's been fascinating for you guys to share your own experiences, you, you know, which um, are, are, are your lived experiences. And hence my comment a few moments ago about, um, yeah. you know, just about life, the sanctity of life, about how sometimes it is mm. taken too cheap. And, yeah. You know, so a point yeah. that I wanted I mean, to make it... was I, I I I'm pretty sure I don't know if it's official, but I'm pretty sure the the Democrats are on board with this. Uh, even Biden, if he knows what his own name is at this moment, but, and I just can't think of anything more evil than than the wanton murder of the the most uh, vulnerable people. It's horrifying. I, I think Rantoni, I think Rantonio, the, the the notion of uh you know abortion up to and potentially even beyond. Uh, birth is it's Gauram. I'm I'm with you in this one. It's satanic. It, I believe you know me. I said often enough in the podcast. We live in a fallen world. It's Satan's realm for the time being. And so, in a way, I kind of expect. Excuse me, I expect this, but uh, it's still it's still horrific. And again, you know, like part of me wonders, but what medical professional would would participate what doctor would participate in, in the killing such a killing and then i think oh hang on a second i know exactly the sort of doctors the sort that we had back in 2020 21 when they went about the slaughter of the elderly in their care homes uh, and everything we've seen over the last couple of years i mean i have no illusions about the medical profession doctors without souls says patty and patty you're right they are doctors without souls there's too many of them unfortunately and there's no the I think we all in this, this podcast all agree on the importance of the sanctity of life. That's why I was one of the reasons I oppose war. You know, I mean, you know, I know, oh, oh you know, how can you possibly oppose um, Ukraine and, and you be against, uh, uh, be, be, how can you possibly be wanting to st- not support Ukraine in versus Russia? Because I don't want to see half a million people dead. That's why sanctity of life. Sanctity of life, my oh, friends, uh, and it applies in Israel, Gaza, across the pace. Or the nuclear issue that you posted. There's a, there's a whole topic we missed today that we have to we have to get into next week about Ukraine. What you said about the nu- uh, nuclear umbrella today. Oh, that's a whole field in itself. Oh yeah, and not least the fact that nuclear weapons don't exist, Patty. But never mind that one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, the, 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 yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much madness going on. Honestly, there's so much. And in fact, Patty, I just want to wrap up. But I, I want to jump back to your neck. Oh yes. Um, David Clemens talks about John Watt confronting Rishi. Well, actually, we do have on this in the studio with us, uh, um, or in on the stream here, Charlie Sansom, who did the live stream in which. There was that um, confrontation between Dr. Dave Cartland, who I know very well, and John Watt, who seemed a pretty good guy as well. Uh, I say, oh gosh, uh, Charlie, a lot of the folks here seem to have been tuning in um, last night uh, to, to hear that really interesting 
um, uh, well, exchange of views. I, I don't think it necessarily, uh, I think there was a lot of heat, maybe not a lot of light, but Charlie, that's just the way these things can go. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, um, the, there's so much interesting stuff going on. I'll tell you what, actually, David Clements and uh, and Leslie and those of you, Gar Ram, talking about Charlie Sansom Spaces on Twitter there last night. You know, uh, John Saunderson says he needed subtitles. <laughs> Are you suggesting, John Saunderson, that the Scottish accent is sometimes impenetrable? Surely not. But, uh, you know, put it like this, you know, the people that have been injured by the jabs the toxic jabs have a right to be indignant, in my view, hundred percent right to be indignant, and and I totally get their anger, totally get it. By the same token, uh, Dr. Dave Cartland has a right to be indignant about the way he's been dragged through the mud as well. And the only thing I would say on this is I don't like to see people who I broadly see as being on our side fall out with each other. Um, it's difficult sometimes to maintain, um, you know, uh, especially when you're doing something live like this. I mean, I have yet to fall out with any of you lot, though. So maybe that says something. I'm working uh, on it. Adrian. Yeah, don't worry about it. Jen. Get there. Uh, to, to, Adrian says time will vindicate those heroes who stood up to be counted. I mean, Dave Cartland did stand up to be counted. And uh, I mean, he's been atrociously treated and mistreated by the. General Medical Council, as indeed of certain other doctors here in the UK, and, um, and and I do understand then when there's guys like John Watt and others who were, you know, who took the jabs. And again, you know, we've we've con and Jed, you'll confirm this one. We have said this now for a couple of years. Look, some of us from day one said, nope, we're not taking these jabs. It doesn't seem right. It seems dodgy. We're not going there. But other people trusted authority. They trusted the government. You know, they trusted uh, the experts. They trusted the um, celebrities. It, and, 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 you know, I'm not blaming them for trust. We, we, we know, people, it's understandable. But they were misled. So was it any way surprising that they're furious now? Of course it's not. I totally get these people's anger at, uh, at government and, and establishment. But that's where it should be directed. Uh, Gauram says, I see Nigel Farage is now on board, the uh, anti, he's an anti-vaxxer, Gauram, and uh, yeah, he's got his tinfoil hat on, and uh, he's, uh, he's uh, thanks Antonio for the kind gift, the kind beer, I need one by the end of this show, so uh, yeah, um, Charlie, uh, my views on Nigel Farage, two words, Judas Goat. Judas Goat. Nigel Farage, and I know he's going to upset Jed, probably. Oh, it's uh, not just Farage. upsetting me, David. It's not upsetting me. But the point is, we've got, I've said it so many times, stop being a Puritan. The, the, no, we're not all perfect. Stop being, stop being naive. Stop being No, but right. we're not perfect. I'd rather no. have somebody give me something of what I want than nothing that, that I want. Yeah. But Farage, He's not perfect. He's, he's not perfect, him. but nah, he's better than Sunak and he's better than Starmer. And he won't be in power, so it doesn't matter. There's that aspect as well. Now, John Saunderson says, three years too late. Well, there is that. Uh, and there is an election this year. And I wonder about, it's funny that Nigel suddenly jumps on the side. You see, I think a lot of people saw... Let me get this. We'll, we'll go on for a couple of minutes just till we get this one sorted. Um, saw so, uh, John Watts do on GB News. He was on um, 
and he John did a terrific job uh, taking apart Rishi Sunak over the jabs, right? So I'm sure some of you may have seen that. Good, that was a good job from GB News. And uh, Rishi Sunak looked startled. He looked scared. It was terrific TV. It was really good to see. And I think there was a sense, maybe not just in the audience, but more generally people watching it, that, yeah, we're kind of all in John Watts' side. The vax injured. We feel sympathy with these people, you know. And uh, I think... Am I being too cynical? Nigel Farage sniffs political blood and Nigel Farage suddenly saunters into the room. The same Nigel Farage who, of course, wanted Tony Blair to roll out the jabs. The same Richard Tice who wanted to force healthcare workers into taking the jabs. Um, and now all of a sudden they're on our side. Jed, I don't object to them being on our side because that's we welcome everybody on our side. We've always said that. But I also think that you have to be where politicians in election years um, trying to pivot. They, to they do, David. They do. But I think the only thing that John Watts or wherever his name was on GB News uh, yeah. missed was actually calling Sunak out by saying... Yeah. Yeah. It was only a week ago you was telling people they were safe and effective and they're not, and I'm living proof. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, yeah, I think that, that line would have been a destroyer in front of the British public. And it was that right. line, I think, that was missing from everything he said. Everything he said was brilliant, but that line... And, and I think this is the point, uh, uh, Charlie and I had spoken about this today, and, and, and I mean... That was Jed exactly the line I would have gone down, you know, uh, Prime Minister a week ago, you stood up in the Commons and said, quote unquote, these vaccines are unequivocally safe, unequivocally safe. Are you mad? But he said that he did say that. And uh, and so, yes, it would have been great if John had said that. But I think the point about it is that, um, you know, in, in his TV studio, when you're angry and you've suffered, uh um and there's a actually there's a good point charlie samson charlie you should have jumped in and said actually if you want to make a point yourself charlie says um we need consistency from our leaders not political flip-flopping andrew bridgen was calling the jabs out and reform rejected him joining them because quote it wasn't the hill to die on and charlie that's a bloody good point uh, and i'm sure you guys remember this i mean andrew bridgen i mean again he was a guy that you know took the jobs himself and has been job injured as a consequence uh but tyson reform said he wasn't quite right for them so it yeah, wasn't charlie, the hill to die on and yet so many people died irony uh, irony is lost on that uh, very hill <laughs> i think we should on, think we should end on that one david people right. dying oh, on the hill scary right well okay okay <laughs> all right well let's before we wrap up there's a few there's a few things i just want to first of all thank everybody uh for being here with us this evening uh, a special warm welcome to those who have joined for the first time uh charlie great to see you here thanks for being here uh thanks to everybody in the studio remember what i said at the beginning if you haven't signed up to my Substack, you must go and sign up to the Substack. Support me over there because it, 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 it's, it's good if you can do that. You're going to get a lot of stuff coming from me over there, as well as here on the podcasts, as well as in the live shows that I do with Jed. Uh, I'm trying to do my best to um, cover the as many 
you know, perspectives as possible. Even on the Twitters, even on the Twitters, despite all the suppression, I'm trying to get as much stuff out. So, Jed, have I forgotten anything or have I wrapped everything? <laughs> yeah, up? and also on davidvance.net, where yes. all David's content can be found in one single location because even his Substack gets... I, as Paddy alluded to, he's finally now being pulled over to davidvance.net as well. We're truly global. So if you can, please sign up to the uh, the Substack. It only takes a minute to do it. And it means you'll get emails from yours truly telling you when I've done something new and put whatever it is out. So look, folks, that's it. As always, this is a highlight for my week. I know you guys enjoy it as well. So that's why we keep going back here. And thanks, as always. I mean, what makes this... Uh, Gar Ram's going to call in next week. Please do, because, of course, next week, then we're only a week away from the big show in London town. So uh, it's getting things are getting excited. So uh, it'll be great to see you all next week. But uh, from everyone here in the studio, thanks, thanks everyone so much for being here on the show this evening. And uh, catch you back in the podcast and on the Substack tomorrow morning. Good night.